Welcome, everyone. I'm glad to be here. I'm, I'm Cameron, if you haven't met me. I'm, I'm pa- I pastor this church, so, and I'm excited to be here. A lot, a lot of times people will ask, well, are you excited about this or that or something coming up? And I don't get excited in advance anymore. <laughs> Mark understands this. I've had that conversation with him. I'm like, well, you understand. <laughs> but being here, it's great. You know, it's like, uh, uh, you know, asked me two weeks ago, I'm like, yeah, we're going to do it. Uh, but the excitement comes, you know, in the fulfillment. <clears throat> and so I'm really excited to see everyone here and to see the, the blend, the mix of the different uh, congregations coming together as one. We've, we've been talking about this for years now. This is actually, we're in the middle or beginning of year four of having multiple campuses. Uh, and so we've been talking about the idea of uh, a, a single church having more than one uh, congregation, and we're doing it. But this is a, a real uh, significant milestone in that we're, we've gathered together from the three congregations into one meeting. And I agree with what was shared, uh, what Joe uh, Leeds shared uh, that she felt prophetically, because it's the first verse that I was going to begin uh, the message with. So our clicker system works differently here. So there we go. <clears throat> so Psalm 31, uh, 133 uh, says, and this is a very familiar verse. It's, it's what uh, Joe referred to. It says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brethren, brothers dwell in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down to the collar of his robe. It's like uh, the dew of Hermon, there we go, uh, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. That's, that's the whole psalm. And, and that psalm is a powerful uh, 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 representation. Of course, we don't uh, have a, uh, an experience of seeing the anointing oil poured onto the beard of the high priest and running down uh, you know, running, uh, poured onto his head and the oil running down his beard. But that was a very vivid imagery for the people that it was written to. <coughs> I'm sorry, what? Oh, I was going to tell you. No, it's okay. <laughs> it was oil, not water. But I'll demonstrate it to my wife. <laughs> she has not have a beard. All right. Um, and and that, was that, that image of... It was more than just oil, folks. It was the presence of God, okay? And it was the anointing, okay? So that was the empowerment from on high, from heaven, coming upon Aaron the priest. And, of course, when each priest was, was uh, replaced by the next generation, they would anoint the priest uh, with oil. And that was more than just a symbol. It was the power of God, the power of heaven, coming upon the representative of God's people and it was uh, in, in, in that in that place where uh, unity dwelt God's power and anointing and presence was able to be poured out and and in that God commands a blessing there is a commanded blessing when we gather in unity there is a command from heaven for blessing in life in another verse <clears throat> And if in the New Testament, Ephesians, I'm going to read a few verses 
Uh, that's uh, the main verse that we're going to uh, uh, focus on. It says, now these, this is uh, another familiar verse concerning the church. Um, uh, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. It says, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. You know, he's talking about the different leadership roles, and individuals have those particular callings. Um, it says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. So the work of ministry's job is to equip, is to put tools into your hands uh, to build up the church of God, the body of Christ. Um, this will continue until we all come. Oops, there we go. Haven't figured out the clicker. You know, Emily, can you take over? This will continue. You think you can do it? All right, she's going to take over. I'm not going to worry about the click. Uh, <laughs> this will continue, verse 13, until we come to such unity of, uh, in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Wow, do you think God has put a pretty, pretty high standard on the call that we're called to? No, this is not lowest common denominator. This is highest possible attainment, okay? Because this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ, who is the head of his church, uh, his body, the church. Wow! That's God's intention through this thing that we call church, uh, is to develop individuals and, and groups of people that unify together to become, to grow up to the maturity of the level of Jesus Christ. And I believe that there is, uh, there's no way an individual Christian can attain the maturity level of Christ and not be joined to a congregation. Right? I really believe that. Uh, and join, by joined, I mean intricately joined and this is why the image throughout the scripture is that of a human body you know uh, that that my finger is connected to my body pretty pretty intricately right fully dependent and there's a there's an ongoing constant interchange of life that goes back and forth and and so individual christians are called to come and, and follow Christ and be like Christ, but we're called to do that in community, in unity with one another. Uh, uh, next slide, verse 16, it says, He makes, Jesus makes the whole body fit together perfectly. <laughs> uh, how many can give me an amen for that one? <laughs> People say, you can't find a perfect church. <laughs> All right, do you know why I'm laughing? <laughs> Gary knows why I'm laughing. He makes it all work together perfectly. You know, from our perspective, church often doesn't look perfect. Can I get an amen on that? All right. <laughs> from our perspective, from our experience, often churches 
you know, ineffective, hurt, you know, there's, there's thousands, there's a whole generation of people that have abandoned church. They, they refuse to go to organized church. I'm like, you'd love our church, we're totally unorganized. <laughs> you know, what they're, what they're really running from is relationship and vulnerability, because they got hurt. I'm like, guess what? Part of the package. Jesus got hurt, and he's our leader. In fact, they killed him. Right before he, they killed him, his closest followers ran away from him. Wow! If that was our leader's experience, why do we have this fantasy, uh, rose-colored glasses expectation that church is going to be nothing but you know, pleasure and fun? Now, there's lots of pleasure. There's lots of fun. There's lots of fulfillment. It's like family, isn't it? You know? There's a lot of time when family is just, you die for it. And there's other times when it feels like it's killing you. <laughs> but the truth is, see, that's from our perspective. There's a truth that's above and beyond it. The truth is, he makes, Jesus makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And I think we're going to see this. We're going to see a shadow of it, a glimpse of it, this side of, of having this side of the resurrection. But I don't think we're going to see the fullness of it until we get through, uh, through the end there and are looking back and say, wow, now I get it. Now I see how that experience led to this encounter, led to this transformation, led to this change of life. Now I see how the ripples of our lives have affected not just ourselves, but countless others. And let me tell you that the earth, the population of, of humanity from, from day one until Jesus Christ returns is going to be powerfully influenced by his church. All right? His church. The gates of hell will not stand against his church. And Jesus said, I will build my church. Gates of hell will not stand against it. And we're part of that. We're part of his church. It says, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. This is still in verse 16 of Ephesians. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And so this is the biblical description of what it means to be in a, in a congregation, in a community of believers that are united because of a shared uh, faith. And, um, and, and our goal is to be healthy, to be strong, and to be full of love that as we give our part and others give their part, so there's this interaction of giving and receiving, that interaction causes growth, all right? That interaction releases the blessing from heaven. And as Joe shared, it meant taking the nations, all right? And that means this nation too, you know. This nation needs the gospel. All right? Michigan, southwest Michigan needs the gospel. All right? Uh, Michigan needs the gospel. The United States needs the gospel as well as the rest of the world. And there's billions of people waiting for the church to become who she's called to be. And someone said the question in our day... <coughs> is no longer, you know, where is the God of Elijah, right? Remember that statement? Were, where is the God of Elijah? 
uh, but where are the Elijahs of God? Right? Where are the men and women that are going to rise up and represent the living God? And that's, that's what we're called to do. And when we live in the power of unity, uh, we open up blessing and it uh, creates an opportunity to walk in the blessing that God intends. The next slide. Uh, unity <coughs> brings, there you go, pleasure to God. Isn't that amazing? It pleases God. I think it's just astounding that you and I have the power to make eternal, self-sufficient God happy. Yeah. You know? At one point, uh, when God looked at the earth before the flood, he, he looked at humanity, he looked at the sin and, and everything that was going on, and, and it grieved his heart, it ripped his heart. So we have the power to grieve God. God's emotions respond to our lives. Right? That's because he cares. He cares for you. So you and I have the power to bring pleasure, and unity brings pleasure. Next slide. In response, <clears throat> he pours out this blessing, which causes growth and multiplication. We see that in both the, the psalm verse and the verse in Ephesians. It leads to blessing. It leads to growth. And the next slide says, uh, this dynamic is part of the culture or the economy of heaven. And today, as we gather in unity, uh, it's about increasing that kingdom culture in this thing called New Day Community Church. And I'm really happy uh, to be part of you, which is New Day Community Church. I hope you're happy to be here as well. I want to take a few minutes to talk about who we are as a church, because I don't think we can um, say it too much in order for us to have a, a clear understanding of our identity, our calling, our, our, um, um, our vision. <clears throat> There's lots of different words. I remember a, a speaker years and years ago, actually I was a new pastor, trying to craft up a great vision statement. And uh, a lot of churches, a lot of businesses put a lot of emphasis on having a nice little catchy slogan, right? <clears throat> you know what I mean by a vision statement? That's a catchy slogan, you know? And so we've cycled through a few of them. But this, this speaker is very powerful. He said, a vision is not a sentence written on a poster. It's something that you can see. That's why it's called a vision. <laughs> well, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> ah, and so it has to be described in visual terms. Okay? And so when you talk about the, the vision of New Day or the mission of New Day or, or what makes New Day who we are, which is, I think, the next slide. There you go. Um, <clears throat> the answer is you do. Look around. Look around. You are New Day. <clears throat> That's a pretty good group. Huh, I think I like all of you. <laughs> especially when we're all together <clears throat> all right and so the church we know that church isn't about a building uh and it's more than just the vision statement or the mission statement what your goals or objectives are it's those things are good it's even more hold on to your seat if you're a baptist or fundamentalist <clears throat> it's even more important than your doctrinal statement and I, I know getting your doctrine right is how you get into heaven, <laughs> some people think. <laughs> well, it's very, very important. 
You get, you get into heaven by having a relationship with Jesus, by the way. All right? <clears throat> and doctrine can keep you, bad doctrine can keep you from having a relationship with Jesus. But it's not like passing a theology test at seminary. Can somebody say amen? <laughs> it's close. No. <laughs> right? So vision statements, mission statements, buildings, those are all part of church. Doctrinal statements, that's an important part of church. But in my opinion, those aren't what make a church. What makes a church is the people in that church. All right? That's why it's called a body. We're a body of believers um, that, that work together, that live together. And if there's one thing, this, this, you know, I guess maybe, I don't know, every church says this, but there's a huge difference in emphasis when we really focus on you. Uh, you know, New Day Community Church, if you're around here very long, you'll know it's not the Cameron Wright show. Because most of the time, you can't even find where I am. <laughs> All right? It's not the leader-centric version of church. And some churches really do that well. And I actually stand in awe. I'm like, wow. Huh. How do they do that? I don't know. You know, it's not uh, uh, centered on a building. It's not centered on a particular Doctrine and theology, although we have doctrine and theology, we have leaders, but it's not centered on leaders. It's centered on you. And just right before this, this talk started, <clears throat> I was reminded of, you know, in our stream of people, and she's actually quite famous now, Heidi Baker. Yeah. Most of you have heard of her. If you haven't, you should uh, find out. But uh, they, her and her husband, Roland, lead a ministry uh, mostly in Africa. It's actually all over the world. Uh, it's spread. But... Um, you know, they, they started out uh, just uh, really feeble missionaries in, in Africa and slaving away for years with no fruit and then got hit with the power of the Holy Spirit and what we call the river of God and the forgiveness message and the grace message and the, the father heart message and was transformed. And now they, they lead a network of tens of thousands. They say 10,000 churches. But they've been saying that for 10 years, okay? And I've talked with them in small groups, and they're like, we just make up that number for Westerners because it's only Westerners that want to know the numbers. The Africans don't care, okay? <clears throat> and they don't have a system of counting because it doesn't matter. They go into a city, they preach Jesus, they heal the sick, they raise a few dead people, and everybody becomes Christian, and then they go to the next town and do it all over again. But one of the things that she says, wrote a book on it, is look for the one. And so it's seeing the potential in the individual and developing that to its maximum capacity. And you know what? That's, that's what I'm all about. That's what New Day Community Church is really interested in. And I love church growth. I would love to see our churches grow and increase in size, but mainly I'm concerned with you growing as an individual and, 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 and structuring our church to ensure as best we can with the tools and the resources we're given to, to see you as one and say, how can you become as close as you can be to the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ? Um, I think that together, 
And together is, you know, all of us in this room, everyone that's part of New Day that couldn't make it here tonight. Um, together, New Day and us as a community of churches or congregations, we can make a difference. You believe that? I believe it. I already know what's happening, you know. How many of your lives have been changed by this church? Come on. If you're here, I hope your life's been changed in some way. Uh, and my goodness, our world needs the difference that we can make. You hear that? Our world, we can make a difference, and our world needs the difference that we can make. And so we want to celebrate <clears throat> who are we as a church. It's all about uh, you. We want to celebrate that. We want to celebrate us, which is a unique uh, combination of individuals that uh, God has, has put together that makes us who we are. Next slide is um, <clears throat> our past shapes us. It tells the story of how we got to where we are. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to work the timing. Um, I'm going to shoot to aim at five. <laughs> Y'all better pray. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to try to run through the rest of this more quickly. Our, sh our past shapes us. It tells the story of how we got to where we are. And, and um, you know, New Day uh, started out uh, in 1981, all right? Uh, Redemption Center, New Testament Church, glory, hallelujah. I, I started attending the church in 1982. We actually have a picture from uh, that little building there. And um, <clears throat> if you're uh, familiar with Vine... Our Vine campus is now this building that I'm pointing at right there. That's still sitting there, uh, waiting for God to give us the opportunity to bulldoze it. <laughs> Can I get an amen on that? <laughs> it will happen so that we can have a driveway to the, and parking and, and, uh, and fewer cats. <laughs> Isn't that weird? You know, uh, this, uh, this past summer, Ken Norberg, the founder of, of, of the church, came back. He lives in California now, and he came back to do a concert of some of his original songs. And he had been in town for a few days, but I hadn't seen him yet. And I showed up, and the concert was at Vine. <clears throat> He's standing at the front door of Vine, and and, you know, 35 years ago or so it is when I first walked in those doors. I was like, hey, Ken, we've, gone a, we've gotten a long way in 30 years, haven't we? About 30 feet. <laughs> so it's just amazing that we now have that building and we've uh, turned it into a congregation. Uh, in the year 2000, I became the senior pastor as uh, Ken uh, trans, um, transitioned into more itinerant ministry and... and um, you know, since then, <clears throat> we've made lots of changes. Uh, uh, really took the first few years just to gradually uh, sort some things out, and and we began uh, actually began planting churches quite quite soon after that. We uh, uh, sent out uh, Ron and Kim, and I'm not going to go through the whole. I don't have time to go through the whole history of the church, but what I do want to um, point out <clears throat> that our history is something that we can celebrate. All right, that we've been a church that uh, not only has survived, but in my opinion has thrived for over 30 years. All right, and, and something that has lasted that long and is continuing to grow. Right now we have a very healthy mix of people, some of us from the 80s. Come on, hallelujah. Yeah, there's a few. <coughs> and some of us, we have a first-time visitor here today. I was like blown away. Isn't that great? Woo! 
Glory. <laughs> so, um, as, as you heard me say before, our past doesn't determine our future. Um, uh, our past tells the story of how we got to where we are. What we do in the present determines our future. So how we respond to the opportunities that God gives us today and in the coming days and years will determine where we're going to go. But I, I think we should celebrate a long and strong history as a church. Amen? I think that's worthy of a hand. Woo! Now, how many years is that? 81 to 2016. 2017. How many years is that? I'm really bad at math. How many years? Eight, 1981. 35. Thank you. What makes uni, uh, New Day unique? <clears throat> All right, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds of churches in our region. In Kalamazoo County alone, there's, there's close to 300. If we add uh, Cass County where Vandalia is, I, I don't even know uh, how many churches that would be. But um, uh, I think every church has a purpose and a calling. And I would hope that there's a lot more that makes us alike to the other churches in our community than different or apart, all right? So when we talk about what makes us unique, don't mistake uh, the idea that, you know, we have to be different. Because I want to build on unity, you know, unity, and the, today's emphasis is on unity, not only as a church within New Day, but as the church of Jesus Christ in our region. Right? And I believe we're coming into a season where that's going to be more and more important, that the church has to see herself as one, okay? Whether, whatever name's on the, on the front sign, whatever organization uh, you know, they're a part of whatever history that we look back to. It's all wonderful, but we are one church. And God's going to, Jesus is going to work it all together perfectly, actually, in the end. And we can have a confidence in that. So I believe that um, what we have in unity is, is more important than what we have in distinction. And then remember that we're never competing against other churches. And there's a dynamic where Christians fall into this. Christian leaders certainly do. You know, if another church in town is growing bigger or faster, there's a little bit of a competition. But it's, it's absolute nonsense, all right? So just, just inside of Kelms, you've heard me say the numbers before. In Kelmswood County, there's approximately 250 in the market. There's 250,000 people. <clears throat> There's about 250 churches. I guarantee you not every church averages 1,000. Right? Every church, actually, the average is probably more around 70. You know, so if a church like Valley comes along and grows to three or 4,000, it doesn't really make a difference uh, numerically. All right? on, on any given Sunday, uh, there's, there's at least 150,000 people that aren't going to church just in Kalamazoo County. At least. It's probably more like 175. All right? And so if another church comes in and they grow to 10,000, okay, so instead of 150,000 unreached people, there's only 140,000. <laughs> I know, it's laughable. So don't compare. It's not about size. Uh, there's plenty enough to go around. It's raining. Hallelujah. So <clears throat> what makes this unique? You know, I value growth. I think growth is important, but we're not a mega church. 
I don't envision, that's not my goal. I have uh, friends who, they came out of the starting block with the goal of having a mega church, and praise God, all for it. Um, <clears throat> but I do believe in church growth. And I know, I also have friends that they're like, if you say, any, even if you say the word church growth, they, they put up their defenses. And uh, they have an anti-church growth mentality. And, and we're different in that, you know what? We're, be, we're believing in growth, but we're not striving after that mega church uh, standard necessarily. I think we can learn from them. What we are is a healthy, mid-sized church that prioritizes reproducing Christians, raising up leaders, uh, planting churches, and reaching the world through missions. And, and that's, we're just, we're settled on that and we're not giving up. Uh, one of our strengths is really developing and releasing people into leadership because we so value identifying individuals, that whole thing that I was talking about earlier, that church is about the one. We're also a revival church, and that's a little different than a charismatic church. We are a charismatic church, but people, this, you know, people's definition of what a charismatic church differs radically. Um, and so what I mean by that is that we believe everything written in the Bible uh, for the, in the New Testament that we are to experience is still available today. Um, and so I, I tease people, I'm more fundamental than the fundamentalist. Because I, I believe it's really li literally available. <clears throat> um, uh, it's kind of a joke. You can laugh about that. <laughs> we're a revival church and that we're going after what God's doing now. We can celebrate what God did 100 year, 20 years ago, right? Or 100 years ago. Or thank God for the Reformation 500 years ago. Uh, we, we learned a lot from that, right? We can, we can celebrate, but we're not locked into that. We're more locked into what is God doing now. But we also have a strong emphasis on uh, uh, scriptural uh, uh, literacy, biblical, uh, uh, being solid in our doctrinal understanding. So we're not a church that just chases after every wind of doctrine or uh, one that gets caught up in uh, some spiritual activity that may be more hype or excess. Uh, some people might look at us and say we're excessive or hyper, but under the hood, we're pretty rock solid theologically. We test things out, but we're also free because we don't want to miss out uh, on what God's doing in our day. We're a multiplying church. <clears throat> Next thing. Uh, there's three Michigan campuses. There's seven new days totally, uh, but beyond that, there's been other churches that we've uh, sent out. And part of our network uh, that uh, uh, Partners in Harvest that I've been working with uh, for many, many years is a, just a network that plants churches and has ministries all over the world. And so through them, I help assist the church planting all over the world. So there's, there's hundreds, there's actually thousands of churches. When we were down in, in Mexico, Mark and I are going to talk about that in a, a few minutes after uh, the next, uh, 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 in the next session. <clears throat> I was actually talking with the leader of the ministry, and um, I mentioned something about me doing a workshop on church government or something like that, and he said, yeah, we are, we're actually using your bylaws. I'm like, oh, really? Because I, I make those available to all of the churches in our network. <clears throat> and so I'm like, I didn't, had no idea that a whole network of churches in another country, several, several countries, are actually using the resources that I developed and taught at a class a few years ago 
Uh, it's great, isn't it? <clears throat> We're a multiplying. We value that. Uh, um, all right, so one of our, so those are some of the things that, that we are and that we're building on and that we want to uh, continue to celebrate being a church that plants other churches. A church that plants other churches, releases other ministries. Um, and one of the, the goals for today is building unity within the three churches. This was challenged, um, uh, 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 a challenge that was given to us. Uh, a, a year ago, and that we needed to develop uh, a greater uh, sense of unity between the three mission campuses. And there's a, a very familiar verse from Ecclesiastes. It says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two st- uh, stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a three-braided cord uh, or a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. And, and there just happened to be a three-stranded cord. I didn't have one, and when I got here, there was one over there. Uh, and so this is really cool. And there's a three strands, but each strand, it, there's like, yeah, there you go, is made up of uh, uh, the yarn. This was, I guess, what they call a yarn, is, which is part of the cord. <coughs> and then the yarn is made up of fibers, so you can go down. And so if you just had one of those little fibers, it wouldn't hold you, you know? And, and one of the one of the... The yarns, one of the sections here, would hold a lot more. But when you combine them together, I mean, you could pull a truck with this, right? And in, in the day it was written, uh, your life might depend on, if you were hanging from that wall, uh, if you climbed up those rocks like my son could do but I couldn't, <laughs> you'd want a cord strong enough to hold you, right? And so this, this is the idea of unity uh, and that we're building amongst the three campuses and why we've gathered to get today uh, together to celebrate that. Uh, we can accomplish more when we work together. A great example is the Bless a Neighbor, Bless a Nation, um, where we raised $36,000. And we're going we're gonna, yeah. uh, to give away 200 bags of groceries, and we're building a, a pastor training center in two different nations simply because we decided to work together. We have another uh, joint uh, 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 meeting that we're going to do at the end of the summer. We're going to gather together, but also we do a shared men's retreat coming up right here at Bear Lake. Uh, I guess we have the largest sign-up as yet, don't we? You don't know. (laughs) I thought someone told me that. But Bear Lake here, uh, men's group uh, gathers together from all campuses, and that we actually share with a bunch of churches uh, outside of our, our, our network, and then a shared women's retreat, shared activities to build unity so that we can continue being a church that celebrates a healthy and growing interdependency. Okay, we, we each share from each campus contributes something to the whole. And that's going to continue, that's going to grow as we as a church grow. Uh, and uh, each one of us need to ask ourselves, how do we fit in? What part do we contribute to that perfect whole so that all three campuses uh, can grow and become more of what God wants us to be?